0: He doesn't he doesn't pick favorites. He loves us all equally. I know when I was growing up, you know, we there was five kids in our family and I know my parents they picked favorites and I was on the bottom of the list. And i know, no, my parents they they did a good job. I know as humans we always feel like you know our parents they all picked favorites and had a favorite and but uh, God doesn't ever do that. And we probably feel like God does it too sometimes. That's just kind of our nature. But no, he loves all of us, and it's amazing too. No matter how many of us there are, he still pays attention to us like we're the only ones. And sometimes, you know, I feel like I'm God's favorite. And I know I'm not, but that's just how good he is to us, and that's how he treats us. And thank God for that. Well, I don't, I imagine everybody, you're probably getting pretty Sick right now of all the political ads and, you know, vote for this person. I've been getting stuff in the mail and, uh, you know, most of the stuff I get in the mail from candidates, you know, makes me want to vote for their opponent. (laughs) Because, you know, the stuff that they say about them, like, okay, I like that. You know, I mean, you know, this guy, you know, he's against abortion. Okay, alright, I'll vote for him. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, this thing just backfired on you people. But we, boy, we get bombarded with that stuff. Everybody's all, you know, they want you to vote for their candidate. I mean, every other commercial is some political advertisement. You know, I'm, uh, you get so sick of hearing that. You know, I'm Barack Obama and I approve this message, or I'm Mitt Romney and I approve this message. And it's, I mean, and you know, the truth is, uh, you know, you, you can't believe hardly anything that you hear. You know, it's just, it's so fake. It's, <laughs> they're, but they these guys are doing that because they want to get your vote. They want to get your vote. They are spending millions of dollars for these commercials. Millions. Millions and millions of dollars. And to try, to try to get these messages out there. And you think, oh, it's not doing any good. Well, it probably is. Otherwise, they wouldn't spend millions of dollars on it. I mean, if you ever, uh, you hear them talk all the time in the Super Bowl, they will spend, you know, millions of dollars for a 30 second ad. Why would they do that? Alright, well, obviously it's because it works. Because, uh, I mean, advertisement, it works. Just the other day, I almost never drink them. I bought two Red Bulls this week. And the only reason I even got the Red Bulls is I I thought that whole thing with that guy last week jumping from that balloon 23 miles up in the air. That was all sponsored by Red Bull. They all paid for that for advertisement. I was like, that was pretty cool. I'm going to go buy one just because uh, I'm impressed by the advertisement. So they got, they bought, they sold two extra cans from that advertisement. But the truth is, is that messages they get across to us. And last week we talked about showing up. That was that was the title last week on the I Vote Church. If you're going to vote, if you're going to make a difference, uh, you need a, you need a vote for candidates but we're not talking about that in your church if you're going to make a difference just like you need to show up at the polls you need to show up at church if you want to make a difference but then also if you want to, as Christians if we want to make a difference we need to speak up we need to speak up we need to sometimes we're going to have to open our mouths and say some things that's what they're doing right now the political candidates are going all over the place and they are letting their voices be heard. They're sending other people out to letting their letting their voices be heard. There's people that will go around and uh, knock on doors and things. I, I go around and I knock on doors a lot to invite people to church and stuff. And I almost hate doing it this time of year because I have, people automatically receive me with a bad attitude because they think, oh, this guy's trying to get a vote. This is some guy trying to, you know, uh, get me to vote for a candidate. And then they just kind of look at me like, alright. What you? Who are you here for? And then I tell them from church, and then they're actually kind of relieved. So it can actually work to my advantage because uh, the rest of the year they're all thinking, oh, it's another Jehovah's Witness." <laughs> but uh, this time of year, they're thinking, "I'm uh, trying to get me get them to vote for somebody." But the thing is, it does help when we speak up. And I want us to look at a. I want us to look at a passage of the Bible. This is an interesting story about somebody who it used their voice. And really, it influenced an entire town when they spoke up. <clears throat> and the person that did this is a, it's a very interesting person that we would not expect God to use. But He was used in a great way. It says, And there arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when He went forth to land, there met Him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time and wear no clothes Neither abode in any house but in the tombs. Over in Galilee I I had the privilege when I went to Israel I got to see this place. And we're there on the the boat, and they showed us the area that they believe uh, this this story took place. It all makes sense because the Bible talks about uh the stuff that the Bible talks about it fits that area. And there was this man that lived in that area, and the Bible says that he had devils a long time. Uh, Today we call that being demon possessed. This man was demon possessed. And he was crazy. The Bible says that he wore no clothes. He ran around naked. And he didn't live in houses like normal people live in houses. He dwelt among the tombs. The tombs in those days, they were caves. And if you look at that area, there's all kinds of caves that you can see. And people would go and they would put dead bodies and things in there. They would lay their loved ones in there. And this guy lived around that. I mean, what would you all think about a crazy guy that lived in the cemetery? And wore no clothes. I mean, we would uh, we would all be scared to death of that person. Nobody would want to go to that cemetery. Be be scared. He would be very well known in the community. When I was a kid uh, living in Lasalle, there was a man that lived there. We called everybody called him Crazy George. Nobody really knew much about him except his name was George, and this guy was crazy. He would walk around town. He would usually have his socks pulled up above his pants, almost up to his knees. Uh, he would wear his hat upside down. I remember one time I saw him walking down the street and he was a real old fella and he had a he had a teacup sitting on a plate on his head and he was holding another one and he's walking down the street like that. Why? I have no idea. He was just crazy. We called him Crazy George. And I remember I, I, was, take, I was when I was a kid I was taking guitar lessons and I went to go in the place and he's out there walking and he saw me and he starts singing and pretending he's playing the guitar. It kinda freaked me out. And uh, he he was he was weird, and everybody in town knew him. He was he was very well known. This guy, I guarantee you, everybody in town knew who he was because this guy did some crazy things. But he never did anything like this guy did. Not only did he live in the tombs and not wear any clothes, but it also says um, in another account of the Bible, it said talk about how he would cut himself with stones. It says in verse 28, it says, When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God Most High? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. The folks in the town that thought, we've got to get this guy under control, they tried to throw him in the loony bin. They tried to uh, chain him up. But this guy, he would break the chains. And he'd just go take off run in the wilderness. And finally, they said, forget this guy. We're going to leave him alone. There's nothing we can do. The Bible in another Gospel said, no man could tame him. This guy could not be tamed. But Jesus comes along... And he tells these unclean spirits to come out of him. And those unclean spirits, they knew exactly who Jesus was. And they said, you know, they knew the power that he had, and they asked Jesus not to torment them. And they asked if they could be cast into this herd of swine. And Jesus allowed them to be cast in that herd of swine. And those pigs, when they got demon-possessed, they went crazy. They took off running and they ran off a cliff and fell into the water and they all drowned. And this man is now the devils are now out of this man. And in verse thirty four uh, says and when they that fed them, talking about the swine, saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. This kind of scared the people. They went and they told the people in town about what had happened. In verse thirty five, then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus. Clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. When this guy met Christ, it completely changed him. Before they couldn't even they couldn't control this guy, not even with chains. Now he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's listening to Christ. He's clothed. Alright? Pete he normal people wear clothes. And he's in his right mind. And the people they saw this and they were afraid. And verse thirty six, they also which saw it told them by what means. uh, He that was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude, when we talk about multitudes, we're talking thousands, of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought Him to depart from them. For they were taken with great fear and went up into the ship and returned back again. They said we want. We got to get him out of here. They were scared of Jesus, and they told Him to leave. In verse 38, Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought Him that He might be with Him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And He went His way, and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto Him. This, this man, he wants to follow Jesus. He wants to be one of His disciples. And Jesus told him, He said, no, I want you to go back to your town. I want you to go and tell people what I did for you. They were scared of Jesus. but They said, listen, they're... Jesus knew they're going to listen to you. Go back and tell them what I have done. And it says in verse 40, and it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the next time Jesus came by back to that place, So the next time He was returned, the people gladly received Him, for they were all waiting for Him. Look at the change that took place. First, the multitude is driving Jesus out of there. And now, after just a short time of this man speaking up about Christ, about this man telling these people what Jesus had done for him, now the multitude is back waiting for Jesus receiving Him gladly. I don't know what happened, but the first time, they tell Him, get on that boat and get out of here. And He leaves. The next time, I don't know, maybe they see the boat coming back and the Word spreads and everybody comes gathering around there. They wanted to hear from Jesus. When Jesus showed up, He did all kinds of miracles with these folks. There are many that were saved. Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. Um, There was a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. Jesus healed her. There was another one that Jesus had raised from the dead. All these miracles take place after Jesus comes back because the people received Him. And really, what was the difference? What made these people change their minds? What made people run Jesus out of town one day and only a few days later, they're gladly receiving Him? The difference was somebody spoke up. Somebody... Told them this crazy man that nobody, that everybody had given up on. This crazy man, after he got saved and came to Christ, all he did was went and told people what Jesus did for him. And the people listened. Because, you know, the folks, everybody, they're all, everybody's looking for something. They're looking for that spiritual fulfillment in their life. And they're looking. And this man, he spoke up. And I believe he did. He wanted to be a follower of Christ. I love seeing people when they get saved. I mean, after they get saved, they just want to do whatever they can for God. I mean, they'll do anything. And it's sad sometimes after people have been saved a while, they kind of forget about what Jesus did for them and kind of slack off. But I love seeing that in new Christians. And you know, we don't ever have to be that way. We should always be like this man was. And boy, he was sincere. He wanted to be a disciple of Christ. And Jesus said, no, i got something else for you. I want you to go back and tell your people. And that is exactly what he did. And the people gladly received him. Tell you, it makes a difference when people speak up. When somebody stands up and they say something, listen, uh, this man said something that was contrary to what everybody else wanted. The multitude was driving Jesus away. They ran him out of town. And he went and he spoke up and he told these people what Jesus had done for them and it changed their minds. And listen, we're not going to change everybody's mind. We're not going to be able to get the entire world to listen to us. But one thing that we need to do as Christians, one thing we need to do as a church, we need to, there's some things that we need to speak up about if we want to make a difference. Just us hoping that things are going to get better in this country is not going to help. We need to actually go and speak up. And one thing that we need to speak up about, just a few things, is we need to speak up against sin and for righteousness. Titus chapter 2, if you want to turn over there. Titus chapter 2. Now listen, I'm not saying, I'm not telling you that we're, I'm not getting ready to go lead a protest right now. We're not going to go hold a bunch of signs and uh, you know, stand stand outside of places that we don't like and protest them. I'm not talking about that. I don't really see anywhere in the Bible, uh, where they use that method. But there are some things that we need to speak up about. I'm not talking about being a jerk and being ignorant and not minding your own business. Listen, I'm not going to go walking into somebody's house and, you know, telling them they need to get rid of certain movies or they need to stop. I'm not going to do that. I'm not talking about sticking your nose in other people's business. But I want you to look at what Titus chapter 2 says. It says, But the things which uh, which are. Uh, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Now, I'm not going to take time to read the whole thing, but he goes through and he lists off a bunch of things. He said, I want you to speak these things that become sound doctrine. A lot of these things, people aren't going to like being told that. They're not going to like to hear that. And once again, he's talking about in the church. Okay, in the church. We are going to speak against sin. We are going to speak for righteousness. We shouldn't be afraid to call sin, sin. All right? It's going to happen. We're going to do that in the church. We ought to do that. But he goes and he lists off all these things. And in verse 15, he says, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. You know, when you speak out against sin, and when you speak for righteousness, people are going to want to despise you. People, there's things that people don't want to hear. Oh, you're not, you you can't say anything about that. I mean, we all heard uh, just recently, I mean, a guy who sells chicken said what he believes about homosexual marriage, and we had city leaders trying to stop him from building a restaurant. I mean, good night. Just because this guy spoke about what he believes. Selling chicken has nothing to do with politics. Selling chicken has nothing to do with making laws. But these people went crazy when this guy spoke about what he believed. Because. You know, when we speak sound doctrine, when we speak the Bible, there's people out there that are not going to like it. You know what? We do not let that affect us. So let no man despise thee. He's not saying make sure you don't make anybody mad. He's just saying don't let that influence you. Let let no man despise thee. Don't let them stop you from saying what you're supposed to say. We listen. We need to do that. We need to we need to do this to the lost. Now, once again, I I tried to look because you know me. Uh, I've got a big mouth. I mean, of course, you know, you all know that I'm a preacher. I like to talk. i like I like to yell a little bit. I like to do that stuff. I like to argue with people. I remember one time I was in a restaurant and uh, the the kids were with me, and they were they were pretty young at the time. and there was all there was a bunch of these old guys. they're all in there, and they're talking, and they're just they're just bashing President Bush. And you know, people are allowed, you know we live in a free country. People are allowed to bash the president and they're they're allowed to not like what goes on in politics. I'm glad that we don't get executed if we say things against our leaders. But these guys were using all kinds of filthy language. I mean, just one nasty word after another. And I'm sitting there and, you know, I've, I've learned you look people in the eye, most people are going to back down. I just walked over there and I just said, excuse me, my kids are over there and they're kind of at the age where they repeat a lot of what they hear and I'm picking up on this language. I appreciate it. If he'd watch it and oh my goodness I mean boy the, I mean the look that they gave me and they just got real quiet and you know I went I went and sat back down and uh, you know I heard one of them kind of mumble to one of the other guys he was afraid to say it to my face he's like well he better get rid of his TV then and uh, I remember you know, I thought about going back over and I was like you know that's why I don't have public television because I have to listen to people talk like you on there but anyway you know I, if he'd have said it to my face I'd have told him that but it was funny too and then after we left I remember one of the guys he like comes walking out there, like he was going to tell me off and I just kind of I put the kid in the car and I just kind of stopped and looked at him with, you know I kind of gave that look bring it on and, uh, and then he turned and went in his car and didn't do anything about it but you know I mean I, I, I enjoy doing that I'm not saying you all have to do that I'm not saying you have to be a jerk uh, or anything like that but you know what hey listen sometimes we need to speak up about things we were in Steak and Shake not too long ago. I had the girls with me and some young punks come in there and they're just being, they're being idiots. They're being loud, they're being obnoxious, and they're using filthy language. And one of them just went and blurted out a cuss word and other customers there were starting to notice it and I, I didn't do it on purpose, it just came out. I just, I just, it was, I didn't even mean for it to be this loud and I just kind of did this, hey! And then he kind of looked at me I was like, you need to watch it. And then, you know, and, and then it got real quiet in the place and you know and uh, it was you know I, sometimes we need to speak up against things. how come people they can be so bold to go out in public and just use all kinds of profanity all kinds of filthy language talk about garbage and yet we're ashamed to talk about Christ we're ashamed to speak against those things listen I'm not saying you know, go around and be a jerk I'm not saying go around and get in other people's business. I'm not saying that, but sometimes there are times where we need to speak up against sin and we need to speak for righteousness. We need to, and one of the ways that we do this really louder than anything that we can do is by how we live. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says, Jesus is talking, he says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We, could, we One of the ways that we do it is by acting like a Christian, living like a Christian, showing people how things are supposed to be done. We, when we, we live it. We've got to do that. We need to let the lost people see how to live. You know why? There's all the drugs and th- the drug problems we have today. All the alcohol problems. Because people don't know how to deal with their problems. They don't know how to deal with the emptiness that's in their life. So they go for th- those kind of things. Listen, as Christians, we know you don't need those things. I don't need drugs. I don't need to go get drunk. Forget my problems. Jesus Christ has told me how I can deal with my problems. Jesus has shown me how I can take my problems, my burdens, and I can lay them on Him. I don't need that. I need to show people how to do that. And I, we, the way we let our light shine is by openly living like a Christian. I'm not saying we have to go around wearing a t-shirt that says, I'm a Christian. I'm not saying we've got to get a cross tattooed on our forehead. I'm not saying any of those things. We don't have to be weird. We don't have to go and dress like we're from the 1800s or anything like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, that we ought to let our light shine. In other words, we shouldn't do anything that would make us not look like a Christian. For example, no, I lose my temper like anybody else. But you know what? I shouldn't go blurting out a bunch of obscenities. That's not really going to be letting my light shine. That's not going to be acting like a good Christian. I mean, I get aggravated by people just like anybody else, but I shouldn't go pounding their face on things like that. I ought to have a good kind of attitude. I ought to to treat my wife and my kids in a good way. I ought to live in a way that's honoring to God. I ought to keep my promises. I ought to pay my bills on time. I ought to have a good reputation in the community. I ought to be kind to others. I should do things for other people. Not just people that do things for me. I ought to, that's letting your light shine. And when you do that, it speaks loudly. We can speak loud without even opening our mouth just by the works that we do. And we we need to do that. Let your light shine. We're not supposed to, like I said, we're not running around telling everybody what to do. Matthew chapter seven, verse six. It says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. There are some things, listen, if you took a bunch of pearls and put them in a bucket, and you go out to a hog trough, those hogs are going to get excited because they're used to seeing all the slop and stuff that's in there. Well, if you go out there with pearls, they should be happy, shouldn't they? Pearls are worth a lot of money. And you go throw those pearls out the tomb, you know what? They're going to get mad. And they're going to come after you. You know, and uh, dogs, same thing. I know not your pet dogs and things, but back in these days, Jews didn't have pets. It was like the wild dogs, the coyotes and things. They like that uh, They like that red meat. They like dead things. And you go and you give them pearls, uh, then they're just going to come after you. And you know, there are things as Christians, things that God has showed us, things that we know, There's are uh, things that we don't do because... We understand the consequences. Listen, we don't just go preaching all these things to the world. They're only going to attack us if we do that. We need to understand that. Listen, I mean, I'm against you know I'm against everything. I mean, you know, if it's sin, you know, I mean, we're all supposed to be against it. But you know, I mean, if I see somebody, I don't think God be smoking a cigarette. Your body is the temple of the living God. We need to glorify God and But if I see somebody out smoking a cigarette, I'm not going to go preach them a sermon. On those things, I'm not. I'm not going to go pull it out of their mouth, and you know, you know, I'm not going to do something like that. Okay, this. That, I believe that's that's one of our pearls. That's one of the things we understand as Christians. That we need to make sure that uh, we you know keep our body the best that we can, so we can glorify God. And I'm not going to do that to them. But one thing I need to understand is that maybe the, this person, maybe the problem, maybe they're on drugs. Okay. All right. Now, I, I saw some the other day. They were doing drugs. In a parking lot, and it said, "Me, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not real shy, and I don't think they heard me. I, I didn't do it loud enough, mostly because my wife was telling me to be quiet. But I cl- kind of rolled down my window, and I'm like, like they're doing drugs. I'm calling the cops. And then I went and I put my phone up, up to my ear, and, dro- and drove off. and I don't think they heard me. I was trying to scare them. But uh, yeah, I said, I, I can be, I can be kind of obnoxious sometimes. But yeah, my wife was pretty embarrassed. But anyway, uh you know." The thing is, I don't need to go preach them a sermon about not doing drugs. What, I, what they need is they need the Gospel. They need Jesus they need Jesus Christ. That's what's going to make the difference. Me getting on to them about every little thing in their life isn't going to do a bit of good. I need to tell them about Christ. If they get saved then, they can start working on some of those other things. And that's, that's what we're supposed to do as Christians. We need to make sure that we show people how to live? We need to be a good example of Christians. So many times I'll hear people. And listen, everybody knows there's some things Christians shouldn't do, but yet people will use supposed Christians as an excuse all the time. That's like, well, you know, I know all the people that go in that church, and they're they're just as wicked as I am. You know why? They know there's supposed to be something different about Christians. I mean, they uh, they're uh, you know, he smacks his wife around. He does this, does that. Listen. You do that stuff, you're going to have a real tough time being a witness. You're going to have a real tough time making a difference in that person's life. We've got to show them how to live. And we need also, not just to the world, we need to do this for each other. That's the good thing about a church. Listen, there is not one person in this church that's perfect. There's not one person in this church that doesn't have some sin in their life. I said that I'm against everything. I'm against everything that's sin, but that doesn't mean that I don't have some sin in my own life. But as a church, one thing that we do around each other is we can come, we get together, and we encourage each other to not sin. We encourage each other to do right. Because we all have temptations. We all have shortcomings in life. We all have things that we're fighting. And you know what? Sometimes we need you need to hear somebody get up behind a pulpit and preach what the Bible has to say about it. You need to get around other people that uh, in the church of other of God's children that can encourage you and say, "Hey, you know what? I used to struggle with that same thing, and the Lord gave me victory." Or maybe they say, "You know what? I'm having a problem in that same area." You know what? Let's be accountable to each other. Let's let's both help each other so uh, we can stop doing those things. You know, Brother Lonnie, I know he probably won't mind me sharing this, but you know when he started coming, uh, not long after he he quit smoking, I hadn't even said anything about it. And you know, and he was always and I when he was always telling me, "Hey, it's been you know one week or it's been two weeks." You know, I kept asking him about it because I thought if he knows I'm going to be asking him, that's going to encourage him. To say, hey, you know, somebody's cheering me on in this thing. And how long's it been now? Really? Oh, since, since... I... I haven't asked you in a while, so I was hoping you were going to say one week. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's been a long time. And, and praise God for that. And we, we need that. We need somebody to cheer us on because sinning comes totally natural to all of us. Sin is a very easy thing to do, but it's also a destructive thing to do. And we need, we need each other for that. That's why we have church. That's why we have assembly. We want to make a difference. And we can make a difference by being here, by showing up. We can make a difference by speaking up, not just out in public, but in, in the church, encouraging other people to do right. But also, uh, so we need to speak up against sin and for rights since we need to speak up about Christ, and also because the you know the theme this month is about the church. We need to speak up for our church, Alright, You need to, we we need to do it. Listen, uh, people are more likely to go visit a church where they know somebody, Alright? I mean, have you ever been? Have you ever went to go visit a church before and you didn't know anybody there? Alright? It's you're kind of nervous that first time. It's like, man, you know. I mean, I, you know, I visit other churches. I like going to other churches whenever I get the chance. But I usually, like to if we're traveling through an area, I go somewhere. First, it's if I know somebody that goes there, hey, I know this person. They go to that church. Let's go to that one. I'm going to go to the church where I know somebody. Now, how do I know that that person goes to that church? Well, they've obviously told me about that church. They've talked about their church. And... That's what we need to do. People are more likely to come here if they know that you're here. Listen, most people there's most people in this community. They don't know who I am. They're not going to come because of me. If they come, it will probably be because of one of you. Maybe you're a friend of theirs. Maybe you're a family member. Uh, you know, we have some family members here today of Kathleen. I doubt they came here for me. Okay, we've never met until today, but they it's because of her. And they'll come because of you. They're more likely to come to church where they know somebody. Listen, I'm not saying you have to go around wearing a T-shirt that says I go to Liberty Baptist Church. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about being a fanatic. I'm not talking about you know going all crazy with it. But listen, it's okay. If after a while, you know, you get to know people. There's things they ought to find out about you. You know, it'd be pretty sad if you worked with somebody for five years on the job and they had no idea that you were married can you imagine if your wife showed up at work one day, and all the people, are, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm so and so's wife," and they're like, "He's married." Hey, how come nobody knew that you were married? What's going on? You know, and people, there's some things I ought to find out about you. And after a while, people ought to know. Hey, this person, they go, they go to Liberty Baptist Church, because you know, and the reason people ought to know you're married is because we usually talk about the things that we love. Hopefully you love your family and you talk about your family. And I mean, have you ever worked with that person that all they did was brag on about their kids? All they want to do is talk about their kids all the time. And nobody else wants to hear about it. But they're always telling other people about their kids. You know what? They, they love them. They can't help but doing that. Grandparents, they do that. Hey, you want to see pictures of my grandkids? You know? No? But not. <laughs> but that's how some people feel so I've already seen those pictures 14 times. Hey, they're doing that because they love those grandkids. They're proud of those grandkids, and they're going to, they're going to they want to show them off. And that listen, there's nothing wrong with that. And listen, if you love your God, you're going to want to tell people about him. If you love your church, it's going to come up. You're going to want to tell people about your church. People are also more likely to go to a church that they've been invited to. You know, sometimes, you know, people that maybe that have never gone to church or maybe haven't been to church in a long time or maybe they went to a really bad example of a church. A lot of times, I mean, they feel like they're not supposed to be there. I mean it's and maybe you've been in this situation before. Have you ever went walking to a church and it's your first time there. Maybe you walk in a few minutes late and it's like everybody looks at you. And they don't look at you. And some people they do that and they look at you with this friendly smile like, "Oh man, glad to have you here today." And that's okay. But sometimes I've been in places before and they look at you like, "What are you doing here?" Maybe you know me, I usually show up places early. I'll be sitting there and somebody comes up and it's like, "It's my seat." We <laughs> we were at a wedding the other day. Yeah, I think I told you about it. And I'm sitting I'm sitting there and this guy comes up. He's like, "I need you to move." And I was like, "Okay, you know, stop." I guess he sits so you can operate the sound system. Okay, that's fine. But boy, that's a nice way to tell people about that. I can promise you I won't be here the next day. (laughs) But but I tell it's people, they get that some places. But they're more likely to go to church where somebody's invited them because it's like, okay... At least I know that there's somebody in that church that wants me there. There's somebody in that church that will be looking for me because they invited me. I will make somebody happy by going to that church. Listen, if you've been telling somebody about your church, if you've been talking about your church and trying to get them to come, they're going to know, hey, I'm going to, they're going to be happy when I show up. That's going to make people more likely to come. If they, if they have to think, man, if I go in there, everybody's going to look at me, I might steal somebody's spot. They're not going to want to come. They're going to go to the place where they feel like they will be the most accepted and that's going to be probably a place where they've been invited. There's been many people who have come to this church that came just because they found a flyer on their door. That's what got them to come here the first time. Just that. It was an invitation. That was enough to tell them I will be accepted. I will be allowed in the doors of that church. And we need to do what we can. That's why we want to invite as many as we can. We don't know who's looking. There's a lot of churches here in town. I think I counted around 60 in the phone book one time. There's a lot. Some are preaching the gospel, some aren't. Some are preaching the gospel, but they're so dead, you wouldn't want to have a funeral there. And we need to listen, people, uh, you know, I'm just going to be honest. I would say a majority of churches today aren't doing what they should do. And. Chances are, if you just go through a phone book and you just put your finger on one, you're probably gonna get the wrong one. We want, all right, we're, we want, we want them to come here. I'm not saying we're the only act in town, okay? But if this is your church, hopefully you want it to grow. You want to be an influence. Of people, you're wanting them to. You, you want to get people to come here. And we need to do something to make our stand out above the rest. And we're not gonna do something crazy to stand out, but we're gonna do things like the Bible talks about. And one of those is going and telling other people about it. Inviting them. We sang the song, you know, bring, bring in the sheaves. We're in harvest time. This is a time of gathering. This is a good time of the year too to be trying to gather folks and bring them to Christ. And we need to be inviting people. Telling them. Say, well, I've already invited them. we we'll invite them again. Or somebody else invited them. Maybe if they got invited by several people. You know, after a fifth or sixth person, so, you know what? Maybe the Lord's trying to tell me something. People are always looking for signs these days, and a lot of times, getting invited by two or three different people, sometimes that's all it takes to get them to come in. So we need to be we need to be telling people about our church. People are more they're most likely to go to the church that they hear people talking about. If they hear if they they've heard the talk, they've heard. Oh, I've heard about that church. I've heard. I've heard that that's a good church. I've heard that, I've heard that that place is really friendly. I, I hear they're preaching the truth there. I hear people who uh, who go there and after they hear the gospel their lives are being changed. I've heard, I've heard good things about that church. There's some churches that I've heard about that's like everything I've heard has been negative. And I don't even know if it's true or not. I'm I'm thinking of one church that uh, I don't know if what, what is being said is true, but I mean I've talk, there's been so many different people I've talked to, and they bring up this church and some something bad that has supposedly happened, and the story's a little bit different from everybody here, and so I wonder if it's even true. But I know it's struggling because people are talking, but it's in a bad way. And listen, we got that's why we got to be careful as a church that we have a good testimony. We don't want to have we we want to make sure that we are honoring, glorifying God in the right way, and so we want. Uh, and So that's why we want people talking. And one of the ways that we can do that, we can start the conversation. We, we can start the conversation. And we can do that by telling people about church. Tell people about our God. We've got to speak up. We can't just sit there and not do anything. I mean, listen, you can. When it comes to elections, the most important thing you can do is vote. most important thing you can do is show up at the polls, as they always say. It's the most important thing you can do. It is huge. It is so important for you just to be here. That's huge. But you know what? If you want to do a little more than that, okay, for example, if there's a, a candidate that you really want to win, there's a lot of people out there. They know their vote's the most important thing, but they want to do more than just vote. And then what they want to do is go and influence other people to vote for their candidate. And as a member, you being here uh, is huge. But you know what? There may be some here that'd like to do a little bit more. It's like, you know what? I'd like to get other people in here too. Well, I've got I've got some family members that boy they need they need to hear these messages. This would really help them. I, I've got some friends, boy, they need Christ so bad in their lives. They're they're at the end of their rope right now, they're about to give up. They need to hear the gospel message. I've got to get I've got to get them in here. I want to do more than just show up. I want to get other people here too. And if that's going to happen, you're going to have to speak up. You're going to have to say something. As Christians, we have a responsibility to to speak up to to the world to let them know to be a to be a watchman. The Bible says to sound the trumpet. We're supposed to be witnesses. A witness. It's like in uh, in a court uh, in a court case. They'll call up witnesses. I mean, imagine. Can you imagine? Let's say you hear next week. It's in the newspaper that Pastor Tommy McMurtry is accused of murder. He killed this individual over in another town at 12 o'clock Sunday morning. Okay, well, if I get accused of that, hopefully I'm going to have some witnesses. They'll say, hey, that wasn't him. We were with him Sunday at 12 o'clock. We know where he was. We can account for him. But imagine, and so I'm there, and I'm in court, and then they call y'all up. They call up Samuel. Samuel, can you tell us where Pastor Tommy was Sunday at twelve o'clock? You know, I'd rather not say anything. I know there's people with other opinions about where he was, and I don't want to offend any of those people. So I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to take a position in this situation. Well, what a sorry individual that would be. Can you, me, Hey, you're just going to let me go in jail when you know. And listen, we know the truth and we have a responsibility to be a witness and tell other people about it. And to let them know that, hey, this is a, this is a place that you can go and a place where you can hear the Gospel and a place where you'll be accepted and a place where you'll be loved. A place where you're going to learn about the one true God, the only one who can save your soul and can give you uh, that gift of salvation, we need to speak up and tell people about it. I'm not saying that you have to be like me and go, you know, causing trouble places. I, I and I don't do that most times, but I get in them. I get in an angry mood every once in a while. But we ought to, we ought to speak up. We ought to let people know. And if if you'll do that, you can make a difference. You say, I can't. I can't make a difference. Listen, if God can use this crazy naked guy who ran around in tombs cutting himself, I think he can use any of us in here. And he will. The difference between us and him is this guy, he spoke up. And not everybody may listen to you, but maybe one will. Maybe one. And then maybe a hundred will listen to that person that you reach. Who knows? dl moody many of you have probably heard of him before a well-known preacher from back in the 1800s thousands thousands of people saved under his ministry thousands he was led to the lord by a sunday school teacher that nobody knows the name of nobody knows who they are they're right he was out witnessing he witnessed the dl moody dl moody got saved and made a huge difference maybe you can reach that person maybe but you're not going to if you don't speak up. So let's stand together this morning with our heads bowed and eyes closed.